touchdown. Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And not a great day in Chiefs Kingdom, Nick. Um, it was an ugly game in a lot of respects for the Chiefs up in Indianapolis. They lose it 20 to 17 on a Matt Ryan to Jelani Woods touchdown. I don't know if you had two of those uh, on your scorecard today uh, coming into the game, but that's how it played out. Um, are you hitting the panic button? Um, and um, crushing a Wendy's spicy chicken tonight. No, I didn't. I, I drove by a Wendy's, but it was because, you know, it's on the way of the highway of the dr- sure, you know, yeah. my drive home North town there. So no, I mean, I drove by one, saw it, but I did not, uh, take the exit ramp and go get a spicy chicken. Yeah. She's, I, uh, so I did, I did not, uh, I did not actually do that. Although technically, um, to be for full disclosure, I did get Wendy's for uh, breakfast this morning. Oh, so it's your fault. I mean, you, can you were already you panicking this morning. <laughs> I wasn't panicking. I just really wanted to try their new French toast sticks. So, okay, I mean, that, was, okay. that was what that was about. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. And so will Reggie Bush. Um, now, look, this is a, a, obviously a throw it back game. I'll tell you what. The one reason I do have some concern is that this is the third straight week that the offense looked worse and worse and worse. Um, I also think they probably played uh, better defenses. Uh, I think the chargers are better than the Cardinals. And I think the Colts defense is better than the chargers. So I think that plays a role in it. Um, and, and we'll get to the talk about Chris Jones. Cause obviously if Chris Jones doesn't get the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, um, we're probably having a different conversation today. Cause I think the chiefs hold on and win that game. And, and we can talk about Harrison Bucker if you want later too, because I think if Harrison Bucker's healthy, the chiefs win that game and, and win it comfortably. Uh, but I want to start with the offense because this is not something we have seen very often when Patrick Mahomes was healthy. Like th- there was a game against the Colts a couple of years ago where he had a bad ankle. He'd rolled it a couple times already that year. And I think they got beat like 19 to 13 or something, right? Like there have been moments like this. He had his full complement of weapons. He's, he's, he's healthy. Um, you know, I mean, how alarming is it to you that, the offense looked the way that it did today. I mean, it's disappointing that that went out there and happened because they've gone against Gus Bradley's scheme. Andy Reid has gone against Gus Bradley's scheme at least 11 times since he's been in Kansas City. And so, and maybe 12 today. I can't remember. I, I was doing an article earlier today that I had that on there, but um, when I counted it up, but they know what Gus Bradley is going to present against them. And a, a big part of it that kind of irritates me is like there's certain things in their scheme you can take advantage of that they didn't take advantage of well today. When I see the coaches film uh, probably late Monday night, Tuesday, I, I, I'll get a better grasp of if Gus changed some of the zones versus what they were anticipating and what they kind of prepared for during the week. But I mean, the screens are still there and available because they, they want you to test underneath. They want you to, Chuck underneath and rally the tackle. Same type of concept as what the Chargers do in terms of principle of what they want to get done. So from that aspect, I mean, they, they already had a week of preparation for it. I honestly think what helped the Colts is going against the Jaguars the week before because Doug Peterson's got a lot of Andy Reid's playbook in him. 
So they already got got to experience that the week before. And I do think that that did play a factor in why the Colts were as prepared as they were for a lot more of what the Chiefs were presenting and potentially doing. I did see an angle route that was eerily similar to the touchdown Trevor Lawrence threw to James Robinson last week. Or maybe it was maybe it was actually one of the wide receivers who lined up in the backfield. But uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ran an angle route near the goal line, almost the identical position. It didn't go for a touchdown, but I mean, it went for a, a, a little bit of a chunk play in the red zone there. Yeah, I and think I was it like, was Kirk. Mm. I think it was Kirk. That yeah, it's Christian Kirk that, that had yeah. the actual touchdown, the play for the Jaguars. But yeah, but I saw that play, and I was I was like, gee, I wonder where we've seen that play before. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I, I actually... And again, like some of this is my, my, you know, I go back and watch and I may, I may feel a little bit different, you know, after watching it without having to do all the things that I'm, I'm doing during a game, um, you know, running our social media channels and, and writing stories and, and that kind of thing. You're so big time, Todd. <laughs> no, I just, I just, I, in case people are wondering like what it is that I'm doing during the game. Um, but I, I, my big issue is, like what happened to this offensive line? Like I know that Andrew Wiley is is a placeholder. Um, you and I have never been as high on Orlando Brown as as some people, including Pro Bowl voters. Um, but I really thought that that Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Smith were positions where you weren't going to have to worry about it. And if you had told me that the Colts were just going to rush for, um all day and the chiefs with their litany of weapons now with the juju smith schuster the marquez valdez scantling you know the the running backs they can throw to travis kelsey you know noah gray whoever you want to throw in there on that list if you had told me that that you know patrick was going to have time to sit back against a four-man rush with that line in front of him i'd have felt pretty comfortable that they're putting up 30 but the chiefs offensive line suddenly can't handle the four-man rush they can't, they inexplicably can't pass block or sorry, run block. I mean, the, the running backs today had 17 carries for 29 yards, man. The running backs average 1.7 yards a carry. Clyde Edwards Hilaire had seven carries and he had as many yards as you and I did today. Zero on seven carries. Like what has happened to the offensive line? That's the question that's going to be asked a lot this week. And, uh, it's also going to be something that people are going to bring up a lot with the Tampa Bay's front. <laughs> so that'll be, that'll be a, that'll be a talking point for most of the week. Um, part, look, I mean, I'll, I'll go to Orlando Brown first because people are expecting it. Like Mick Schaefer joked about on Twitter. Don't let, uh, him, down. Whenever, Don't let him down. Like Mick Schaefer put on Twitter whenever scheduled I said tweet. Once a, yeah, when he called it a scheduled <laughs> tweet. I was like, man, Orlando's really struggling in pass pro right now. Um, like the one play that really frustrated me with Orlando is the one that he ended up tripping on and he fell backwards. Um, when people, people just see him on the ground, they're like, what the heck happened? So whenever I went back and looked at it immediately, Noah Gray is positioned by him. And part of Noah Gray's purpose before he goes out on his route is to try to help the defensive end go wider on his rush to give Orlando a, a couple seconds whenever he does his set. But Orlando did his set as if, in my opinion, as if it was normal with no tight end over there. And he took his second, his second kick step so wide that he stepped on Noah Gray's foot. When Noah Gray's literally there to help the in have to hesitate for a second to buy Orlando time. Yeah. And when so that's pretty simple delayed release concept for uh, an NFL tackle, right? 
it's just you don't take as wide as steps. And another thing with Orlando that that he kept doing today and it kept bugging me is he always wants to hit the player's inside shoulder with his punches. And so it's easier for the speed guys to dip and rip through that quicker and get him and beat him around the corner. Like that's kind of his game and that's how he goes about it. But it's just, it's just for me, I I think he puts himself at such a disadvantage on a regular basis. And then for Mahomes, in all honesty, I mean, if you watch it, if you continue to pay attention to it, like I was doing, as soon as they go out, as soon as Orlando's guy goes out of Mahomes' sight, he's always going to move in the pocket and step up. Right. Yeah. He's, he moves to the right and moves up. <laughs> well, not always to the right, but he's going to move up. As soon as they're no longer in his line of sight to where he can't see him anymore and he starts to feel like his spidey senses tingling, as you like to call it, he, he'll try to move up in the pocket and he'll try to, you know, try to adjust accordingly to it. But there are some times when he's like, man, that pocket ain't there. I'm going to roll out and try to try to make a play happen. So, I mean, that's that's problem one on the blind side. I mean, Wiley had a tough day, and he got himself hurt, got rolled up on, and, and you know, he tried to hobble through it. So he wasn't having the best day. Trey Smith's been playing on that ankle thing for a couple of weeks, and who knows if that's been working for him. Creed's had some struggles. And Tooney's – look, I mean, look, Tony, Tooney did great in New England, but, like, he just didn't have the same power here in Kansas City, and it's starting to noticeably decline each year now. Here's my question, though, because no, nobody on the offensive line showed any power today. And this is an offensive line. The one thing Orlando Brown should be able to do with his size and his reach is get off the ball and blast people. The one thing that interior of the offensive line should be able to do on any given day is is move people off the ball, right? Andrew Wiley is a guard by trade. Like he's a better run blocker than he's going to be a, a, a pass rusher, especially in space on the edge or pass blocker, especially in space on the edge. The one thing this group should be able to do is line up and, and play a little bit of bully ball every once in a while. Is it a matter of the chiefs being too predictable at the times they choose to run or is, have you noticed anything where, they're just the, the technique is just not there that the scheme's just not there that that they're just not sophisticated enough with the way that they do it to be effective for me personally like i i think i i think with an offensive line you can't try to be so versatile all the time with the run to where like hey we're gonna do zone and then we're gonna blend it with rpo and they're gonna try to blend it with power like pick what you're gonna be as a running style and stick with it like, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just too much in my opinion to be, you know, to try to be all those things like Kansas city's tried to do all over the years. And, and look, I mean, let's be honest, man, I'm going to say it bluntly because I'm, I'm tired of like dancing around it. Um, Clyde Edwards, Alaire doesn't have the vision. Like it's still not there three years later. Like it's, I was I'm sorry, so, it's not there. I was so excited. There was a screen pass to the left, to the boundary and he caught the ball. And he started up field and he actually stopped and let his blockers get there and then cut back inside and picked up like four more yards. And I was like, he, he does sometimes see it and let the blockers get set up. I was like, so he's capable, but to your point, that almost makes it more frustrating when he doesn't do it. The other 11 touches he gets in a game. Yeah. And and, and it just, they keep trying to force feed it to him. And like, it's just such a struggle to get, routinely get positive yardage out of it they're just there's so much that has to go right in run blocking for for Clyde to 
be able to execute accordingly. And like, like I said last week on the eye in the sky thing, like he needs certain, he needs all the blocks to be accounted for and held for him to go find the hole, get to the hole and be able to burst through it. He has the, he has the athletic ability, but there's so many circumstances that have to, so many stars that have to align right to make those rare moments happen just because of the, of just the way his vision is. And like, it's like, in all honesty, like McKinnon's the dude. And like, I knew they were going to do a power run day because Ronald Jones still, you know, didn't play. Right. Like, and, and I mean, I know they keep trying to get Pacheco involved and everything, but like Pacheco's just not a smooth athlete right now. And like, I don't know when he will be. And like, so it's just, I, I just, I don't know. Outside yeah, we of McKinnon, saw that on his kick returns. <laughs> yeah. Outside of McKinnon, like, I just, I think there's a lot of struggles there in, in the running back room. I mean, there's struggles along the offensive line in both run and pass. And there's times when you watch a couple of linemen, they'll, they'll quit driving their feet. And the running backs kind of like Clyde at one point quit, quit driving his feet on contact. And I'm like, no, dude, it's end zone's right there. You've got to keep stomping the power through to get in the end zone. And so, I mean, there's just, there's some times where there's just those minor little things that add up over time. And then, you know, we, we can get to receivers if you want to, but I mean, like there's, there's issues there as well. Well, I, I think it, it almost strikes me like Clyde is the, the anti Patrick Mahomes. Like since Mahomes has been in the league, there's all the conversation about his second reaction play, like how he makes chicken salad when the play breaks down, right? Like his ability to, to turn, um, you know, a busted play into a big play. And Clyde's almost the exact opposite. If things don't go, uh, if things break down in, in any in any phase, like Clyde, it's like he doesn't know what to do, um, and he just kind of throws his hands up and he runs, you know, runs where the play is designed to go, even if it didn't work there. Um, and, and just he, you know, like like we said, that's what we mean by lacks the vision. He doesn't see as the play is developing where the play actually needs to go. He just runs the script as he was told. Like he would probably be terrible at improv. I didn't know we were gonna turn this into a comedy chuckle session, but here we are. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's do talk about. I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes is right. Uh, first drive of the game, he overthrows Marquez Valdez Scantling. If Scantling catches that ball and and, and takes it to the house, or they get a big play and don't end up punting, um, it's probably a different game. Travis Kelsey dropped a touchdown too there in the fourth quarter. I can't remember if it was on the uh, the fake punt field goal or if it was on the missed 34-yard field goal, but either way, it wasn't good. Um, you know, it was a chance to get points that they didn't that they didn't get points, and, and as it turns out, it would have been the difference in the game had they got those points. So, um, you know, I mean, how much responsibility for the offensive struggles is on that receiving core right now? A part of it is... Valdez, Scantlin, and Mahomes have never been on the same page. Like, that's why I kept harping on it in training camp because I knew what what, uh, Valdez, Scantlin needed to be for this offense, how he was going to need to be the one to take over the Tyreek Hill mantle and the threat deep that defenses were going to have to respect. And he hasn't been able to do that so far. He's he's been solid as a possession guy. Sure, sure, sure. And, like, that's kind of his wheelhouse right now, but that's not what they need. Right. And like they need, or they need McColl to be that guy. And McColl hasn't like evolved into that guy either. So like they're still trying to fill the void that they traded away of Tyreek Hill. And that's why defenses don't respect them anymore right now. And defenses are coming hard at them. Like with the, if the, if, if they've got a good D line, they're like, all right, we're just going to drop in a zone like the Colts did today. 
and like the Chargers did for sometimes when they sneak in some blitzes, that if Tyree kills on the field, teams ain't doing stuff the same way that they've been doing the past three weeks. So, you know, all that, all that combined, I mean, like teams don't fear Kansas city right now. And until the chiefs can find answers with their deep passing game, so they can find answers with pass protection, run blocking, and their running backs, like there's a certain things that they're going to fall short on and they're going to have struggles with. And I, you know, there's only, there's only so much Patrick Mahomes can do. And the way he moved around in the pocket today or had to move around in the pocket today, just reminds me so much of that Tampa Bay Super Bowl. And so that was, that was frustrating to watch in itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was frustrating day. I, th- I think it was a frustrating day for Patrick too. Right. I mean, he talked about how they've got to finish those drives. Let me ask you, um, Sky Moore like has not shown up in the offense at all. I mean, did, what do you make of that? Is, is it, you know, cause obviously the offense is struggling. Is, is it a situation where sky, uh, obviously the coaching staff doesn't feel like he can contribute, um, you know, or, or, or do you think we're still going to see sky more have an impact, uh, on the, the offensive side of the football at some point this season? I, I think they've been slowly trying to work him in just like they try to do with new receivers. I think they slowly try to work those guys in over time. And, and I, I wasn't expecting to see sky hit probably 30 snaps or anything of that nature until at least week nine. I thought they're going to work him in through return first, then try to find some plays like they did with McCall, like 10, 15 snaps here in a couple of weeks down the road. I think they've been really trying to see if they can get Hardman, Valdez, Scantling, Watson, and Juju, like, in sync with the offense and have that to where they can always lean on no matter what, then work in somebody like sky more and forts and more and more to try to keep the offense evolving. And they're still stuck in phase one, in my opinion. So I just, I don't, I, I know sky's explosive and he can bring things. He's a great route runner. I just, I think there's a certain path they're wanting to take for building the foundation of what this offense is long-term whether they get the time to build the next floor and the floor after that, we'll yeah. see. But I, you know, like I, I think there's a certain method to their madness of what they're trying to do. Yeah. And to me, what, you know, I like what I've seen from Watson. I, I hope we get to see more from Watson as the season goes along. Um, Juju Smith Schuster, I think has been as advertised. Um, but you mentioned sky Moore in the return game. I mean, look, that was part of it. I mean, he cost the Chiefs seven points when he muffed the punt. I, I think he was having trouble with the sun on those punts because he, he didn't catch the second punt either. And that pinned the Chiefs inside the one and really hurt him. Matt Amendola, ha- he, last week he was about as good as a replacement kicker could be. This week he was everything you fear a replacement kicker is going to be. Um, and, and frankly, that as much as anything costs the Chiefs the game. Um, I think the Chiefs handle the end of the first half different. If they've got Harrison Butker and not Matt Amendola, I think the Chiefs kicked the 42-yard field goal. I don't think they have to worry about missing the 34-yard field goal. I don't think fans are having to hold their breath on the two-point conversion review when Kelsey's two-point conversion was upheld. If Harrison Butker's there, none of those things are an issue, and the Chiefs probably win this game by 10 at the end of the day. Um, yeah, yeah, there was points left on the board by not being able to have Harrison Butker, a reliable Harrison Butker out there today. And maybe at this point, maybe even Justin Reed. You know? so, oh, yeah, like, yeah. No, I mean, there, there was you know. six to nine points left out there just on that aspect of it. And then special teams cost them another seven. Yeah. I mean, special teams probably cost them 
13 to 16 points today. And that's not even getting into the fact that Isaiah Pacheco had three returns of 15 yards or less on kickoffs. Um, do you just chalk this special teams performance up to, Hey, everybody has bad days, or is this a harbinger that there's more issues under the surface with the special teams this year? I mean, they got to get right this week and going forward because the Colts were really bad on special teams the first two weeks against yeah. our opponents. And it cost them, it cost them a win down in Houston and it cost them a handful of times in the Jaguars game. So, I mean, like for that, for the chiefs to kind of be on the other end of this, this isn't normal for their special teams, but man, it better be an oddity because until things are clicking on offense in the way that people are hoping, um, and until Willie Gay comes back, the, like there's there's just a lot of there's a, there's a lot of things they're they're attempting to overcome right now. Yeah, so let's switch to the defense. You mentioned Willie Gay. Look, I thought Darius Harris played really well. I know he got beat for the touchdown the first one. He got a little confused with the coverage, didn't go with the tight end, and, and he gave one up there. Um, but I thought most of the rest of the game um, he was pretty solid. He ended up with 13 tackles, which is a game high. I don't think Darius Harris was the problem today. And I don't think anything on the defense was a problem today. I thought the defense played really, really well for the most part. I mean, in terms of until the last five minutes when they needed to until Harris, I mean, with Harris, he's a, he's another good downhill linebacker. That's physical like Bolton, but he, he's not, he's not great in coverage and he struggles in zone coverage just like Bolton does. So, I mean, you're not having the best coverage linebackers on the field. You have good run support thumpers that you needed today against a, a, a running back of of Taylor's caliber. So, yeah. I mean, in, in that aspect, you had that. Secondary did the best they could with the predictability that was going on. And then defensive line, you know, I mean, they had they – had, look, if I'm the Chiefs, like, my defensive line is going to be Dunlap, Karloftis, Chris Jones and Danny Shelton. And I know Danny Shelton's still on practice squad, but some of those runs don't happen if he's in there today. Like that's my front four rotate Saunders in, keep him fresh, rotate naughty in, or at least use him in goal line and some of the heavier packages that you need to, and then rotate Clark in and use Dan, Mike Dana as kind of a, a nickel three along with uh, Chris Jones as a three tech. Like you've got a, you've got a good consistent rush collectively across the board there, but no, I mean, like, you know, but it's just there's a certain way they're going to have to go about it if they really want to get the most out of the defensive line and what Joe Cullen can really kind of do with them. Well, I, look, I thought I, give Cullen some credit, though. I mean, Matt Ryan is a statue back there in the pocket, and, and we've talked about the Chiefs have faced teams like this before, and they did a good job getting pressure last year, but not turning that into sacks. They got five sacks against Matt Ryan. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and, and so – I think Colin has made an impact in terms of helping them. Sure. Um, you know, um, convert that potential into, into, you know, production. Yeah. Obviously the one glaring time that they got a sack that, it, you know, it was wiped away by the unsportsmanlike uh, conduct penalty on, on Chris Jones. And, and a lot of people are going to point at that as, as the, the moment in the game, right? Like, because five minutes left, the, the, the Colts are about to have to punt on fourth and 14 or whatever it was at that point. Um, good chance again, the Chiefs win. Instead, the Colts go down, melt everything off, you know, melt the time off the clock, score with 24 seconds left because the Chiefs inexplicably didn't call a timeout when Alec Pierce caught the ball at the 15 with 106 left, and it kind of falls apart. What did you think of the Chris Jones play? Because what I saw was a guy barking in his ear hole, then they stand up, 
I don't know if the ref said anything to him about like, Hey, all right, that's enough. Go to your sideline or whatever. And if he did fine, the flags warranted. If there was never a warning though, I just don't see how two guys jawing at the end of a hard fought. I, it seems like the refs took the game out of the player's hand. If they didn't give him a warning and try to usher him off the field first. Um, I mean, look, I mean, that's a good point. And like, that's something we won't know necessarily, but look, I mean, <clears throat> Chris's moment, did it help cost them a game? Sure. And there's no disagreeing with that. And in that moment, in that time, like you kind of hope things go differently and that that's not a part of it. And the, the Colts are facing a fourth and long. But Chris's thing only got magnified because of all the other errors before that we've talked about. So with that aspect of it, like it doesn't, I, I don't know, just with Chris, I, I mean, like you, like you had mentioned when we talked before the podcast began, like, he and Mahomes fell on the swords today as, as yeah. what, as what leaders do, but it's not all on them. It's not, you know, it's not this moment or that moment that did it. It's all of those collectively, like we talked about that all added up and that's why they deserve to lose today. And that's, you know, that's just a part of it, unfortunately, but it's not, I'm not blaming Chris isn't the only reason that they lost today. There's a lot of things that they left on the board and in losses. That's why that stuff happens. Well, yeah. I mean, look, the sky more muff punt to give, to give them a five yard field or four yard field, whatever it was, is, is every bit as, as much of a problem. Can they regroup for Tampa or, uh, you know, I mean, are you worried when you look at next week that, that this is a team that this is the start of a, of a, of a bad stretch and we're looking at three and four, like they were last year, or do you see hope? I don't know. I don't know what team is going to show up and I don't know what type of focus they're going to have and what they're going to do. Like that's I won't know till we watch the game next Sunday. And unfortunately, I wish I could tell you, but I don't know. I'll tell you what, if you'll do another podcast with me this week before the game, I'm going to find reasons to be hopeful at Tampa Bay. Sounds like a plan. All right. With that, take care, kids. Uh, I hope your week goes better than the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator did when Isaiah McKenzie got tackled and bounced in the game in Miami.